Welcome to Business is Good, the podcast all about what it means to be in business in the 21st century. Small and medium-sized businesses are the lifeblood of the UK economy, and globally they can and will have a huge impact on society, the economy and how we live our lives. From technology disruption to reworking a solution to solve the world's biggest problem, Business is Good is a podcast about what it takes to be successful and how every business defines that in different ways. Business is no longer just about being defined by what you do, but it's about giving back and redefining the problems and how we solve them in a way that works for you. I'm your host, Caroline Sumners, and I'll be giving you weekly inspirational stories from business owners who are building business and solving problems. Hi, and welcome to another edition of the Business is Good podcast. Today, I'm absolutely delighted to be interviewing a very good friend, Joy Zarine. Uh, Joy is a hospitality and guest experience expert and also, also author of uh, the Five Star Formula book, which I think came out a couple of years ago. I've known Joy a number of years, full disclosure. You might be able to tell with our conversation. Um, but today we are talking about, um, well, about hospitality businesses. Um, we're obviously um, in the middle of, uh, well, not obviously, when we recorded this uh, in early May, we are still in lockdown. Um, we're in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, and obviously hospitality businesses have been fairly hard hit. Um, business is good podcast is all about, um, building a good business. Now that can be from uh, the point of view of giving back and purpose within your business, but also building a good business for you and for your customers. So we really explore that subject in depth today. So hopefully, um, you will enjoy listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed chatting to Joy. So over to Joy and uh, this edition of Business is Good. Thanks. Joy, Zareen, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. Um, delighted to welcome the wonderful Joy, Zareen, to today's Business is Good podcast. I have known Joy, oh, th- four five, years? Five, five years? years? I don't yeah. know. Five years. Um, we got to know each other through... Um, uh, we were actually paired as accountability partners, weren't we? On- yes a program we did with a a guy called Todd Herman, which is all about mindset and productivity and goal setting and things like that, which was actually really good. But anyway, I was managed to be paired with Joy Zareen and um, we've become friends since. So when we were, when I was finishing off the recording of the podcast and if you've listened to previous episodes, you'll know that I started recording them back in January and it's now May. So we are well and truly into lockdown of uh, COVID-19, although looking about the streets where I live, you wouldn't think we were in lockdown. No. <laughs> <laughs> Us Brits are breaking all there's, the rules. Well, because also because I'm by the beach, there's all, all sorts of people around. So anyway, yeah. so I'm welcoming Joy to the podcast today. So Joy, tell us what you do and um yeah just give us a bit of introduction as to, to what you do for everybody 
Oh, okay. Thank you so much for a lovely introduction. That's brilliant to be here. Um, so my name is Joy Zareen. I am a hospitality and business strategist. I work with bars, restaurants, pubs, hotels, and other small businesses as well, helping to improve everything from their business systems, their sales processes, and their service and guest experience as well. Um, I've worked in with hospitality businesses for about 18 years now. Um, the majority of my uh, career has been working with um, everything from small independent restaurants to uh, UK-wide brands to launching um, huge uh, companies and also working with the world's most popular venue, the O2 as well. Wow, yes, of course. I forgot you were doing the O2 stuff as well. So, yeah. so tell us, how, how, did you get into, um, how did you get into what you're doing now? I know there's probably, I know there's an evolution of... of <laughs> how yeah. you got to there how you got to here but but what kind of give us a high level of, of how you got to being the, the the superstar for the hospitality business um well it all started when I was kind of 18 I finished my a-levels and I really didn't know what I wanted to do I was very academic at school um you know I was a straight a student and you know my parents like I'm from an Asian background so like most Asian families they wanted me to go either into medicine or law they were the options and I decided that I didn't want to do either um I had done work experience in both fields and everyone seemed very unhappy. Everyone seemed very miserable. And with a name like Joy, I wanted my future <laughs> to be full of happiness. So I decided to go in a different direction. I thought I was taking a gap year. I ended up taking a gap life. I never went back to university, um, despite the fact I am very academic. Um, yeah. And I found myself working as a waitress in a cocktail bar, just oh. like the song. And, um, and I just fell in love with it. I worked with fun people. I worked with um, interesting people. I loved the music. I loved the atmosphere. I loved making guests happy. I loved meeting interesting people every single day of my life. And at the end of every shift, I couldn't believe I would walk home with, you know, pockets full of cash. Um, and I just, I would feel like I'd had the best night out but it was my job and, um, yeah. and I just absolutely loved it. And I was looking at, you know, my friends were struggling students and, um, you know, eating cold baked beans. And I felt like I was earning fantastic money. I was, um, you know, dining out the best restaurants in London and, you know, hanging out with great people every day. And I just, I just absolutely loved it. So I kind of accidentally fell into hospitality and just found an industry that, um, every day is different. Every character is unusual and yeah. every owner has their own story. And it's just all progressed from there. I did go into corporate for a couple of years because everyone told me I was too smart to be waiting on tables. Um, and I did it for a couple of years and it only made me miserable. So I knew exactly where my heart was and I decided to go back to hospitality. And since then, you know, I've gone into, I've done management, um, I've co-owned restaurants and bars, um, and I've always kind of really strived to, to um, learn more. So I've always been into very much um, self-development. So learning marketing, learning, um, you know, better business, business systems, finding out what places need and, you know, how to make them function better. And I've just always been really passionate about it. And, um, you know, I've got 
had the chance to work with some amazing people. Um, and yeah, I wrote a book that came out, um, I think nearly three years ago now, um, which was a real game changer for me, um, which basically gave me the chance to put my ideas out into the world. And since then, even more opportunities have come up. So I'm, I describe myself as guest experience obsessed. I wear that like a badge of honor. Um, I'm absolutely desperate for um, businesses of all types um, to really put the guests at the center of everything that they do. Because yeah. when you do that, your business wins. Um, you know, people, people are very quick to cut corners, cut labor, um, you know, cut portion sizes, um, you know, scrimp and save. And then they find themselves in this vicious cycle of having to do two for one offers and bounce back vouchers and Groupon and all these different things. Whereas if they had just made their guests the center and the focus at the very beginning and not cut the labor and not cut the corners and not, you know, cut all the expenses, they wouldn't be going down the let's do bottomless brunch or let's do, you know, all of these kind of cost cutting exercises. And it's just a vicious cycle where um, the struggle gets worse and worse and worse. So the clients that I work with, I'm all about breaking that struggle. I'm about, right, let's train the team to be better. Let's build systems within the business to make the business better. Um, you know, let, let's not make profit um, a lottery. Let's make it an absolute foregone conclusion that the business is going to be profitable. Let's build it out. Um, I, I really focus on building products and services for the guest rather than finding guests for our products and services. And yeah. it's a real flip switch um, that I don't understand why more people don't get. When I sit down and go, okay, let's stop trying to find guests for what we do. Let's figure out what we do for our guests. Um, and when I say that to people, they're like, we've never thought of it that way. And I'm like, when you think of it that way, when you find you know, extra events or better products or upsells or whatever it might be to serve your guests better, you don't have to keep chasing them. They come back and they come back again and again and they bring their friends and they tell their family and, you know, and it, it turns that cycle around. It really, it really makes everything a lot better. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the, I love that, that the whole approach that you have. And I think it, it as you know, I'm obsessed by um, humanizing brands and human, hum, humanizing businesses that otherwise, you know, I, I work with mainly B2B businesses and um, often they feel like they've got to be this talking in this certain way or approaching their customers in a certain way. And I think that I, I always talk to clients and people about humanizing their brand and making sure that they're having conversations with them and approaching it as, as, as a customer seeing it from the customer's point of view. And I think that's your, it seems obvious in hospitality that Mm. that would happen. But when you think about it in your own experiences, when you go into some restaurants and bars, it's not, is it? It's like, you know, you can't have that because this is the way it is. Or, um, so I think that's such an important point. And obviously, um, hospitality businesses are struggling right now. I mean, we're recording this on May the 9th and we're, all eagerly awaiting a announcement tomorrow by the prime minister that I don't think is going to remotely affect anything to do with hospitality businesses or indeed many businesses. And so they are struggling and they are looking to find different things. So is there anything that you, um, that you're talking particularly to your clients about right now about how they can continue to thrive 
as hospitality businesses that can't open, offering the service they normally do, but still get through it. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we are, obviously, we are mid-pandemic at the moment. And as you say, restaurants and bars and hotels are all kind of closed at the moment, um, which has obviously been a huge struggle. But the reality is that hospitality have been struggling for years. The business um, situation that so many people have been in has, it's, it's been tough and it's, you know, people have been drowning slowly. Um, it's just now the rest of the world has joined us in that swimming pool. Yeah. So yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I've, I've been dealing with, you know, um, very difficult circumstances with very many businesses in hospitality for a long time. So I kind of think part part of what makes us great is that we've got quite a thick skin to it now. We, you know, the pressures that um, we've got are different, but we've always had incredible pressures. Um, yeah. the, the, the number one thing I guess that I've been dealing with a lot is, is figuring it out. So going, okay, so we can't have guests sitting in the restaurant. How can we still serve them with what we do? How can we still you know, sell a product and that might be a delivery system, that might be um, a takeaway system, that might be cold food so that, you know, ready meals that that guests can heat up at home, they can have their favourite dinner, um, you know, and it comes chilled and they heat it up at home or or turning the restaurant into a cookery school where people can subscribe to, um, you know, finding out how to make cocktails or how to make um, their favourite meals from the chef or however it may be. So it's, it's still serving our guests, but it's just just a different vehicle for how we do it because we can't at the moment obviously invite people in to dine in our what is essentially like our living rooms you know our restaurants are like our homes yeah Um, and we can't do that at the moment but it's figuring out okay well our guests still love what we do how do we you know how do we just plan out and and maximize how we deliver it to them so that's been the real challenge but I think for a lot of people it's getting through the mindset of going you know everything's doom and gloom and I'm and I'm repeatedly saying listen no one's coming to save you. We have to save ourselves. Let's figure out a plan. And, and that's what, um, you know, I know a lot of people um, talking about some, you know, people outside of hospitality, a lot of self-employed people have struggled and a lot of people that are directors of limited companies have struggled. And, you know, there's lots of people out there that have been in a, in a panic over, um, you know, what the economy, the economy is going to do to their business. And the reality is, you know, we all have to find a way. We all have to figure it out. We all have to go, okay, the world has shifted, um, but there's still as many people out there that want what we do. We just have to figure out a different way of giving it to them. So it's, I think it's, it's actually not just for hospitality businesses. I think this is a lesson for everyone in business. Totally. No one is coming to save you. Don't depend on the chancellor writing you a blank check. Um, you know, there are options out there to make your business slightly easier for the next few years, but we're all going to have to shift what we do and how we do it. I mean, my business was heavily built on face-to-face conversations and being in the restaurant or in the hotel or, you know, in the nightclub telling people this works for the guests, this doesn't work for the guests. And that has to change. And, you know, I've really built out um, for my business over the last few weeks on how to, how to work with them on building the strategy and building the, the kind of the different streams of revenue and and building out how can we make sales and how can we provide a service and um yeah it's all a challenge but I've always been one of those people that if you throw me a challenge I'm, I'm gonna you know jump to it I, I love a challenge it's probably yeah. why I work in hospitality because the challenges are absolutely endless <laughs> exactly I mean I don't know about you probably seen it a with your clients but b just from your own personal experience when we first kind of had the lockdown we saw I saw immediately some 
local bars, restaurants, even national chains, immediately jumping and changing and, and sort of evolving what they do. And some of them now you see kind of pulling that, pulling back a little bit from that. And some of those that took a bit of time, certainly I've noticed locally, some that took a bit of time and just closed for a month and now starting to sort of open up with takeaway mm. offerings and different things like that. But I do wonder, you know, from, from my own personal experience, because, you know, a lot of people are just opening up with a, with a takeaway option, mm. go and queue outside to get a coffee. And I do wonder, after the novelty's grown, worn off with that, how much people will actually want to just go and queue in the street for a cup of coffee. And yeah. I know that... I know that those businesses are just trying to find a way, but I think what, you know, what you're saying about how do you make that a different product mm-hmm. is so right. And, and as you say, it's not just unique to hospitality. We've all got to do that. I think anyone who writes their rules and sets them out in stone and says, this is what we do and this is how we do it is destined for failure. We have to be writing what we do and how we do it in pencil and getting ready to rub it out and go again. We have to be nimble. We have to think on our feet and we have to, we have to roll with the punches. You know, we have to, we have to understand that with every time that a government minister stands at that podium, life could be different. You know, um, what we have to spend or the ways in which we get to spend it is going to be different. So anyone saying, you know, writing their website and saying, right, that's it. That's done for the next 12 months is absolutely fighting a losing battle because the world that we live in 12 months ago has changed to the one that's going to be here in 12 months. This is an evolving situation, but actually to take COVID-19, coronavirus, national, international pandemic out of this situation anyway, the world was always evolving. Yeah. You know, the world was always changing and the way in which we communicate with one another, you know, um, my dad's in his late seventies and we've been talking on FaceTime for, for years. He's had, um, you know, an iPhone. They keep saying on the, on the news, no one over the age of 70 has an iPhone. And I'm saying my dad is not a techie person, but he's had one for years. So have they said that? No one over 70? Yeah, because they're worried about the uh, tracing app that, you know, no one over the age of 70 is going to ha- be able to take part. And I'm like, that's just not true. We mustn't, we mustn't tell ourselves that, you know, people that were 80 years old 20 years ago are not the 80-year-olds that we have today. Yeah, we totally. In, we are in an evolving society. Our businesses are evolving. How we live our lives. Is, is is evolving you know 20 years ago if you had a personal training session it was with someone stood next to you telling you how to do a press-up nowadays plenty of times we we have a personal training session on zoom or by um via a facebook group or or via an app maybe not even a human telling us what to do maybe it's a robot telling us what to do and how yeah and i just think anyone who thinks that they're going to write a business plan and they're going to roll it out. And then this is what we do and how we do it. I just think we've got to be better than that. You know, write in pencil, don't write in permanent marker. Yeah, no, you're so right. And I think that that's got to be the top tip for everybody. I mean, I've, as you have, I know I've taken the opportunity over the last few weeks to really, um, really make some decisions, but they're not going to be like the same decision that's going to happen in six months time because we don't know what's going to happen. But I think you're totally right that, you know, you've just got to be, you've just got to be um, 
thinking about different things all the time. And I, I hate to use the term growth mindset because it, it's always a bit sort of like cliche and one of those mm-hmm. words that it's just like, what is she talking about? But I really think that it's at this time that you can't afford to be off closed, closed about things. You've got to think yeah. every single thing is an opportunity. Yeah. It's, um, I think the way I kind of look at it is, is, is look at the business and, you know, life and all that sort of thing as a mixture of art and science. You know, we can, we can take a good stab yeah. of figuring it out how it's going to be. I can take a good stab in the dark and say, you know, uh, lockdown is going to be kind of done by the 1st of September. Um, you know, ho- uh, hospitality businesses will be open with a 50% capacity, you know, kind of mid-August. You know, I can make these predictions as, as you know, with a bit of science, but there's a lot of art woven into it. And there's, you know, we have to kind of, we have to figure it out as it goes along. And I always, what I've kind of said to my, my clients and people that I've spoken to in business is if you have, you know, at least three eventualities for what could roll out, then you're in a stronger place than if you had none. And there's lots of people waking up every day going, wonder what's going to happen today. Wonder what the government are going to tell me today. And not really and they're sitting in the passenger seat. And what I'm saying to business owners is get out of the passenger seat, get into the driving seat and get the map out and go, okay, if I go this way, this is what's going to happen. This is where I'm going to end up. And if I go this way, maybe that's going to happen. And if you have three different routes, you're going to get somewhere, then you're in a better place than if you stand there and hope that the car's going to drive itself because (laughs) you know, that's just, that's just a recipe for disaster. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of um, banging the drum of telling people because I feel like some of us have been sat in the passenger seat and, and wanting someone else to take us there. Someone's going to take us to success. You know, we're going to run a Facebook ad campaign and my business is going to be saved. Just not going to happen. Like we need to have three different eventualities minimum. You know, what happens if we have a second wave, for example, and, you know, we're back into lockdown by August the 1st. Um, You know, that's a real option. You know, if you see how many people are on the street today and we're currently supposed to be in lockdown, like you say, um, the parks are packed, the beaches are packed. Um, You know, if we had a second wave, what does that mean for our business? You know, what would we do if we had to, you know, put the clothes sign up again? You know, what, what plans are we making? making um for you know doing the christmas season so so going back to hospitality businesses you know a huge part of our income is for what we sell over from you know kind of november the first to january the first yeah if that happens in lockdown um and you know when and your guests are not able to come and spend their money and drink your drinks and eat your meals um what does that look like for your business now i'm not saying that your business is going to fail but I'm, de- I'm telling you, if you don't figure it out now and have a bit of a plan, you're going to be in a really tough spot. Hopefully yeah. the world gets back to normal. And, you know, all of these conversations are going to s- seem so alien and see it so ridiculous. But we just don't know at the moment. So I'm very much of a person t- to go, um, we don't have all the answers. I tell all my clients, listen, I don't have all the answers. I'll have a good guess, but we can figure out a few eventualities. So no matter what happens, we've got a plan. Yeah. And I think the other important thing, and it goes kind of goes back to the first comment you made about developing products that, for customers rather than trying mm-hmm. to get customers to fit your products. It goes back to what the customers are going to want because, you know, people that I've been speaking to, both friends and business colleagues, you know, they're all sort of saying, well, you know, even if things do open, 
I'm not sure I want to go. I'm not going to go to the cinema. I'm not, because how are they going to do that? They're going to have to do every other row. I'm not sure I want to go in a restaurant. I definitely don't want to go in a crowded bar. And so there's all... You know, there's one side with which, you know, the government can say, yes, things are open now or whatever, um, and businesses can plan for that. But I think you've got to be really mindful, again, of putting yourself in the, in the shoes of the customer and what do they, what do they want, yep. but also what do they want to hear? And this Absolutely. is where it comes back to your messaging and really being, um, really being, you know, you can't, gone are the days where you can just say, we're the best coffee shop in town. You can't, you can't say that, right? You've got to be allaying the fears. You've got to appear to appeal to emotion. Well, the, absolutely. The interesting thing is about this is this is one thing that hospitality do really well because yeah. as much as the public now have this boogeyman of coronavirus, yeah. we've dealt with boogeymen in our industry for years. We've had um, salmonella, we've had E. coli, any kind of food poisoning, any kind of bacteria, any kind of thing. Yeah. We've, li- we've lived with these boogeymen for years and we've learned how to deal with them. So, so from that side of things, from the safety side of things, actually internally as great business owners, we have five stars as our health and hygiene rating. Um, we have fantastic cleaning procedures in place. Yeah. Our chefs are fully equipped with excellent knowledge on how to preserve food, keep food, um, cook food, serve food. Um, and you know, hygiene has always been for great businesses. Hygiene has always been of the utmost importance. So actually from that side of things internally, I don't think there's a problem. The issue is that we have to now talk about it. We've never, we've never screamed and shouted about, don't worry, we haven't got salmonella here or don't worry. E. coli has never, you know, come across our door we've never we've never had to kind of talk about it before but I think there is going to be a certain amount of um you know a, a promise um you know a promise from our brands to 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 your family saying you know we do take things seriously we've always had five stars we've always had um excellent hygiene these are the additional steps that we're taking these are the additional trainings yeah. that we've had you know, we've got the um, antibacterial gloves, we've got antibacterial wipes, we've got a timer that goes off every 20 minutes so we do a full clean down. Now, all of those things have always happened and we've always had clean kitchens, but I guess now it's opening up that conversation to say, if you need reassurance, let me reassure you. Yeah, Um, exactly. Yeah, and I think that needs to be kind of like personal and that needs to be the sort of thing that possibly businesses need to think about in a more one-to-one approach. And I don't mean they've got to call uh, customers individually and reassure them, but they've got to think about different ways of doing it. They've got to think about recording a video from the owner, doing exactly what we're doing now, having a video. They've got to use things like Messenger and Chatbot that if you've got a booking, you can send people those messages saying, don't worry, this is what's happening. Just keeping that regular drip of of conversation. And it's interesting you should say about hospitality businesses. It's the same for the beauty industry. Right. Because they've always had to um, disinfect all their equipment and all these things. And yet, interestingly, this week I've seen on Facebook two people I know locally who, um, who are... Uh, beauty therapists they're going through additional training with people like Dermalogica and and Mm -hmm. brands and they're proving again that they clean their stuff and you know all of those things I mean you go past a nail bar and they've always worn nail um masks right yeah yeah absolutely so it's really interesting that the that the 
industries that are getting most kind of focus as in you've got to be making sure you're hygienic you're right they're the ones that we've, always we've have been that doesn't intimidate us yeah as, yeah yeah that's why got it. it comes down to the psychology of the um of the customers doesn't it and that's yeah. where i think that the businesses have maybe got to spend a bit of time thinking about how they appeal to that yeah and i think and, that, and i th- i think that's absolutely right and i think things like the five star rating that you see on the front you know, doors of hopefully the cafes and the coffee shops and all that sort of thing that you go to. I think, you know, a government-led scheme with coronavirus or COVID-19 at the centre where you've got the the safety officers going out, having conversations with business owners and then making that establishment a approved or certified um, you know, I think that would help. I think that that is actually something that the government could do because as I say, as a boogeyman, we're not scared of it. We, we know what yeah. we're doing. But yeah. I think as a, a communication piece to the public, I actually think that would be really helpful because I think it gives, it gives opportunity for the big boys, you know, McDonald's and Wagamama's and all these sort of things to be on an even keel, you know, with ind- small independents, you know. They have to follow the same rules as small independents do. And I think to have a certified, because they can spend millions on campaigns to t- tell everyone how safe they are. Small businesses can't. So I think actually one thing the government could do, and I'm going to send an email to my local MP after we finish this, because I just had this idea. Maybe I'll do the same. Yeah, (laughs) I literally just had this idea. But actually having a nationally recognised kind of stamp of approval saying we've had this conversation, they are doing the right things, you know, then then that's actually quite powerful. And I'm all for levelling, you know, small businesses with big businesses. I'm not anti-big business at all. Some of my clients are huge national companies. Um, But... I would have to say, you know, I'm a huge advocate of small businesses as well. There's no reason why the big boys should get to look like they're safe and the small people can't. Um, I think that I, I'm all for levelling that field and having that that ability for the public to know and feel safe in, in anyone's business that's doing the right thing. Yeah, and I think that is important because I do think that there's, um, and I know we've spoken about this separately, there is, I feel, much more... I mean, much more willingness to support smaller businesses. I mean, where I live, we've got a lot. We've got a thriving independent hospitality um, scene. Independent, generally, um, independent businesses. Um, And and I know, obviously, it is a struggle, but... um, I think that that is a, a really good point because people really want to support their small businesses right yeah. now. But they, if they're going they, out for lunch with their grandparents, they, they don't yeah. want to feel stressed through every minute of it. And I yeah. absolutely get that. Exactly. Um, you know, if you've got vulnerable people in your family, um, if you've got, you know, asthmatic children, whatever it might be, you know, you want to go out and have amazing memory, make amazing memories and have an amazing experience. And you're never going to do that if every five seconds you're paranoid about, you know, who's cooking your food or have they washed their hands or or whatever it might be. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely um, passionate about, you know, what we do as hospitality businesses needs to, needs to come alive again. You know, we are the people that make 80th birthday um, parties special because we, we bring everyone together you know we house first dates where people meet for the first time and fall in love you know birth, kids birthday parties family anniversaries whatever it might be those are some of my in my life my biggest highlights and they've all happened under the roof of hospitality businesses so what we do what we provide the public what we 
do for our guests is actually so important. It's what we, you know, it's what we live for. It's what we thrive for. I mean, the amount of people that go through Monday to Friday looking forward to Friday night when they can get together with their most favorite people and enjoy great conversation and great laughs over a pint or two. You know, that's what we as hospitality business owners get to do. We, you know, what the service that we provide to people really matters. And so um, as much as it's going to be a bumpy ride over the next few months and years, um, you know, we have to keep that at the heart and soul of, of, you know, why we get up in the morning. And that's, you know, we provide, we provide a really important service to, to, our, to the public and to yeah. our guests. And we have to keep that as the focus and, you know, not be afraid, not be, um, you know, concerned that we're not going to have a business. We've just got to roll with, you know, building a business that the world can handle right now. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I talk to clients about a lot is on your, on their website, they absolutely must have, I mean, even if you don't, even if you don't call it an FAQ, you must answer the questions up front that your clients have fundamentally yeah. and get all those questions that could become objections out the way just be Absolutely. clear just oh, just answer all the questions so if My, someone's got a question like oh you know what are you doing just be open don't try and hide anything and this is the same for every single business now obviously hospitality businesses will probably have to do may have to do even more of that but it's the same as if you're in an office right absolutely and, you know, it's like someone says to you can you come for a meeting and you're like well, you know, I don't know when the last time was that they actually disinfected the boardroom table. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it's it's all things like that. So I think it's it's got to come down to over communicate, but doing it a way, do it in a way that is easily accessible for people. You can just direct them to the a page on your website. Don't be shy about putting it out there, and just sort of say, you know, answer the questions up front that your clients have, and that that will remove so many objections. Yeah, my, my grandfather used to always say, when there's an elephant in the room, bring it right to the center and introduce it to everyone. So I guess yes. that's what saying, you know, that there is this massive elephant in the room and I get that people are scared. I absolutely understand that. Yeah. Um, and I get that they're not even scared for themselves. Quite often they're scared for their friends and family and, you know, yeah. in their life. And, and I absolutely get that. But I think it's right. I think, you know, understand that that is the, the issue and bring it to the forefront and introduce it to everyone and put everyone's mind at rest. Um, yeah. um, I've actually, I, so I wrote a book with um, the co-founder of um, one of my businesses um, and it's called Sales Through Service and it was scheduled to come out about a month ago, but obviously <laughs> with um, <laughs> the, the, the global pandemic that um, yeah. unleashed you know releasing a book about hospitality and how to sell and serve to your customers just didn't feel like the right time to do it yeah um, and and it was really funny because the book was completely finished and it's ready to go um but we decided that you know let's not release it now because it's just not the right time our, our clients are not in that headspace to go how can we serve our customers better at the table you know which is what it's all about um so we, we, there was an elephant in the room with regards to the book. And I said, right, we're going to have to write a, a different introduction. And, and that's what we did. So we, we, we wrote, you know, a thousand word kind of, it was like a pre-introduction. To yeah. introduction. But we basically said this book was ready to go. And then the pandemic happened and we questioned ourselves whether what we do and how we do it, was it still relevant to the world that is going to come out the end of it? And we messaged a few clients, a few customers and a few kind of real high industry people that we really respect and said, you know, 
we've written this book and it's, it covers these areas and it trains your staff to become sales professionals. Is this still relevant? Is this still something that you need? And the results we got back, the feedback we got back was absolutely unanimous with everyone saying this book was essential before and now it's an absolute must. Um, yeah, yeah. Like when we open those doors, if our people aren't being sales professionals, if they're not doing a great a great job of being ambassadors for our business, then we're, we're not going to survive anyway. So, um, yeah. so it was really, it was really interesting to kind of have that reassurance from people saying, no, we, we definitely need sales professionals in our business now more than ever. Um, so the book's currently on ice. I think it's going to come out maybe kind of in the autumn time when, when probably just before hospitality businesses are, are kind of scheduled to reopen again. Um, but it's been, it's, it's exactly that we, we had to kind of come out and say, we know that this has happened and and we've we've wrestled with is this message still relevant and you know throughout the book we talk about the different struggles of having a hospitality business of course we don't obviously mention um COVID-19 because it didn't exist when when we first wrote the book um but yeah but bringing that to the forefront and and you know having that those issues addressed and those concerns addressed actually it makes complete sense so I think for, for any business if you haven't got a reopening or a relaunch or a kind of rebranding strategy for how we're going to be in this new world um then i think that's probably number one on the to-do list um yeah yeah I any business it, you're right any yeah. business yeah. and yeah. i think you know for me um what i talk to my clients about is you know your restaurant reimagined and and i've really kind of wanted to dive deep into that with my clients to go okay so if people can't sit down what does that look like if people can only if we have to remove half the tables and chairs, what does that look like? You know, if we can only do takeaway for the next 24 months, okay, what does that look like? Um, so it's your restaurant reimagined. How can we, how can we create a new business from the existing one? How can, how can we make this bigger and better? Because for a lot of people and not necessarily my clients, because they're the people that have raised their hand and said, we need help. Um, but I guess it's more for other people that are trying to fight through this on their own is to turn around and say, there is help out there. You can, get guidance, speak to someone, speak to a coach, speak to get, get involved in a mastermind, even just get involved in a Facebook group that helps small businesses, you know, raise your hand and say, you know, I need guidance because if we don't unpack and rebuild your business, it will be more of a struggle than it ever has been. And for many people, it was a struggle to begin with. Like I said, for many, they were drowning in the pool and, and, and now other people are stealing the life raft. So it's, it's even, (laughs) It's even harder now. Um, yeah, yeah. But if, if we don't take this opportunity as a positive, and I know that lots of people have done and lots of people are putting their heads in the sand. So I guess I'm speaking to them that are doing this. Um, but if you're not unpacking what you do and then rebuilding a business that really sets you on fire and really gets you excited and amped, then, you know, what's it all for? You know, this is a great opportunity. And I know that this obviously has been a tragic time and I'm, I'm not trying to say that it hasn't been. It's been incredibly tough for a lot of people, but this is a great opportunity to go, okay, where are we going and how are we going to get there? And really, you know, recalibrate your business, re- rework what it is you do, refigure out what, what's going to make you excited, you know, is, is the Sunday service non-profitable? You know, are the, 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 the really premium wines, are they breaking, you know, your bank account every month because you can't really afford to have them on your shelves? You know, really question everything it is that you've got whilst you've got the time. And, you know, let's work together and, and rebuild a business that really matters, um, you know, not just one year from now, but a decade from now. Well, that, 
I think it's probably a really good place to stop because <laughs> it's like Joy's final rallying cry to <laughs> I do get, businesses, but also to anyone. But yeah, I, I do get really passionate. Yeah. I do get really passionate about it. So apologies if I got on my soapbox no. then. <laughs> no, um, I knew that you would be. So uh, I was just like, when I texted you yesterday and said, hey, do you want to do a podcast? And you're like, yes. I was like, oh, good. This is going to be exciting. So, um, um, yeah. so I, I, I absolutely think, you know, don't feel alone um you know ask for help get get around great people um don't get around people that you know are going to bring you down get around people that are going to lift you up and you know l- tackle the challenge um you know go for it don't be afraid to ask for help i think so many people today struggle feeling like they have to be the person that's, that knows it all and they have to be yeah. you know, the macho business owner do you know what speak to someone who doesn't really know you reach out to someone who who isn't going to judge you for asking for help um yeah. and uh, yeah. Absolutely. But, but keep pushing forward because, you know, it's a new world ahead of us and, and, and we're heading towards it fast. So we might as well embrace it. Well, wow. Wasn't that a great chat with Joy? Um, we could actually have carried on talking for hours. And actually, when I stopped the recording, we did talk for at least another half hour. So um, hopefully, not just hospitality businesses, but other businesses got um, some ideas there about the types of things that you need to be thinking about right now. I really love Joy's simple explanation about being in the driver's seat and not being in the passenger seat and the other idea about making sure that you've got a plan a a plan b and a plan c so if you take anything away from this episode it's just that please do think about how you can approach your business over the month coming months and um yeah hopefully you enjoyed that episode and i'll see you next time thanks Tune in next week where we have more inspirational stories talking about moving your business beyond what it is and moving it more towards what you're in business for, what's important and doing good and changing the way things should be done.